greetings, my brothers, my sisters, family of God. I want to invite you to center your hearts on Jesus today. I want to read from Psalm 34 in the message, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with His praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in the spreading of the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. We look at Him. Give Him your warmest smile and never hide your feelings from Him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. So open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all His goodness. Worship opens the door. So we worship you today, our God. We adore you today, our God. We rise up, O oh God, and declare who you are. Your goodness, O oh Lord. And we pray for joy to fill our homes, fill our hearts as we sing. I was so far away I was so far from home An ocean between us A distance too great Lost on a distant shore Lost on a distant shore No glimmer of any hope On the horizon i 
Amen. Friends, thank you for worshiping with us. I want to pray over you in this moment a prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 3. And he writes this. He says, my prayer is this, that he will lay out all the riches of his glory to give you strength and power through his spirit in your inner being. Wherever you find yourself in this moment, would you open up your hands right where you are in your homes, apartments, storm rooms, and say, Lord, strengthen me in my inner being. Strengthen me right now in this moment. I need your strength. And then Paul goes on and he says that the king may make his home in your hearts through faith. Think about that. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday. We celebrated the risen, victorious king. And today want to say to you, the risen king wants to make his home in your heart. So begin to welcome him right now where you are, through faith, that love may be your root and your firm foundation, and that you may be strong enough with all God's holy ones to grasp the breadth and length and height and depth to know the king's love. Though actually it's so deep that nobody can really know it, so may God fill you with all his fullness. That's our prayer for you. That's our prayer for you even now, that God would fill you with all his fullness. In a season that can feel dry and empty, may God fill you with all of his fullness. And then Paul wraps up his prayer and he says, So, to the one who is capable of doing far, far more. Isn't it great? Sometimes we let fear spiral us into the far, far worse. But God is here with the good news that says he's capable of doing far, far more than we can ask or imagine. Granted the power which is working in us. To him be the glory in the church. This is the moment that I want to pause right now and just say, Paul prays that God would be glorified in the church. Friends, it's been our great joy to watch God be glorified in you, New Life Church. Watching God be glorified as you have worshipped and connected and served. We've gathered together every weekend, every Wednesday night to worship and pray. And some of you hosting watch parties and commenting on YouTube and Facebook. We're watching God be glorified as you worship together. And we're watching God be glorified as you connect with one another and care for one another, even in creative ways. I know we're all sick of Zoom and FaceTime and all the technology, but you're doing it. You're gathering together with your ministries, with your friends, with your small groups. God is being glorified as you connect with one another. And we're watching God be glorified as you serve one another. We're watching it every week as groceries come in, donated to the church, and the church delivers them out into the community. We're watching people serve in creative ways. In fact, just this past week, I saw a couple of ladies in our congregations, Karen Sanchez here at New Life North, Donna Hostler at New Life Downtown, and I know dozens more who've been sewing masks, hundreds and hundreds of masks to bless those in our community. Friends, that is how God is glorified in the church. Then Paul says, and in King Jesus, to all generations and to the ages of ages, amen. As you give this morning, give generously, give faithfully, but give as an act of worship so the King of all kings, Jesus Christ, will continue to be glorified in and through you, New Life Church, and it will also be 
for the good of the world. There's three ways to give. You can give online. You can text to give. You can even mail in your check as you do this. But let's worship the King of Kings as we give to the Lord today. forever to the King of Kings. Friends, our worship makes a difference. As I read in the beginning of the service from Psalms 34, it opens doors to the goodness of God. That's what worship does. It opens doors all over the world. We sing our songs. It fills the air. And God fills the earth with His glory. So keep plugging in. Keep leaning in. It makes a difference. Okay, friends, let's prepare our hearts for the word of God. Pastor Daniel Grothy will be up here to open the scriptures and teach us. So continue to plug in. Keep leaning in. Keep pressing in. God bless. church family. Some of you are joining us on Facebook Live this weekend. Welcome. Some of you are on our YouTube channel. You're watching at newlifechurch.org. Wasn't last weekend a great weekend, Easter weekend? We had KRDO air our services to our city. They said, you know what, if people can't go to church, we want to bring church to our city. And we've looked at the numbers from online and from KRDO, and it's pretty safe to say conservatively that somewhere around 100,000 people plus watched our weekend services last weekend. So we give glory to God for the good news going out. Thank you for joining us today. And what we're going to do is we're going to continue on in our series called Faith in the wilderness. I'll be reading from Joshua chapter 1, 
One of the most iconic stories in the history of Israel's transition from Moses to Joshua. And the word of the Lord goes like this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This text asks us the question, what do you do when you find yourself in an unprecedented time? What do you do when life hits the fan? What do you do when life falls apart? What do you do when everything that seems so certain has now slipped away? What do you do in an uncertain time? Moses, my servant is dead, says God to Joshua, who's now rising up into his moment of leadership. Now, people reading this text or people hearing this from God or people living in the the nation of Israel at this time would have just been heartbroken. Moses, my servant is dead. Are you are you kidding me? The man of God is gone. Our national hero, our national leader, the one who whom God called at the at the burning bush, that Moses, the one who God revealed his name to. I am that I am. He's He's gone. The one who went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go has gone. The one who oversaw the raining down of the 10 plagues on the nation of Egypt, the one who stood at the Red Sea and stretched out his rod and the seas parted, the one who climbed Mount Sinai and God gave him the 10 commandments. Moses is gone. What are we going to do? Are you are you serious? Like, is this the moment where it all falls apart? I thought God said he would be good to us. I thought God said he would be faithful. And now our leader is gone. The one who'd lived 120 full years and who had led the the people of Israel for 40 years is gone. Moses, my servant, is dead. All of us have had moments like this where someone really beloved in our lives has gone. I think about the time when my great uh, my grandfather, Grandpa Dan, died. I'm named after him. He was Daniel Wilson and I'm Daniel Wilson Grothy. And when he passed, he, he'd been married to my grandma for nearly 66 years, been faithful, lived in the same place his whole life, had a spotless reputation in the community, the hardest worker I've ever known. He taught me how to work on his sod farms in the summer and how to drive a tractor and how to stack sod on a pallet and how to lay out the pipes. And, and, and he, Grandpa Dan showed me everything. He taught me how to live along with my dad. He was one of the most important people in my life and now he's gone. My great my grandma Weezy called me and asked me to officiate his funeral. And so I stood at his funeral and I remembered him and I preached the sermon and I, I talked about resurrection, hope in the future. And then I went to the, the dinner after the service. And then I had to get in the rental car and drive back to the airport in Spokane, Washington, to fly back home to get back to work. I remember being on that lonely two lane highway somewhere in between Lapway, Idaho and Spokane, Washington, when A wave of grief washed over me. When you're leading a service and you're preaching hope, you've got to be strong for people. And I didn't have a chance in the funeral to grieve. And here I am on this lonely two lane highway and grief washes over me. I have to pull over to the side of the road and I just start weeping. 
It was sort of a Moses, my servant is dead moment for me. I was asking myself the question, do I know how to do this without Grandpa Dan around? Do I know how to live? I, I know he taught me so much, but, but can I carry the story forward? I remember being a young pastor here at New Life. 15 years ago, I came and then crisis hit our church 13, 14 years ago. And there was two very traumatic moments of grief. And I remember going, can we make it? And I stumbled on to a book written by Eugene Peterson and the man who translated the Message Bible. And I thought, I've got to write this guy. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he lives. So I wrote Eugene this letter and I sent it off into the cosmic space and wondering if it would ever find him. And, and, and Eugene got that letter and wrote me back. And, and Eugene said, yes, you can come spend time with me. And in Eugene, I found someone who was safe. In Eugene, I found someone who'd lived a long obedience in the same direction. In Eugene, I saw what a faithful pastor could be like. And he restored hope in me. And then in October of 2018, he died. It was another one of those Moses, my servant is dead kind of moments. And I flew out to his funeral after having spent 10 different trips with him through the years, apprenticing to him. And I remember just thinking on the plane flying into Kalispell, Montana, Moses, my servant is dead. What are you going to do? It's your time. Rise up. And, and we've all been in these moments where we wonder, can we make it? Do we know how to navigate the unprecedented terrain that's in front of us without the sage that, that has gone on to rest in the presence of the Lord? I, I know you know what that feels like, and I do too. The question is, what will God say when Moses, my servant, is dead? What we find in verse two, he says, now then, you and all these people get ready, rise up, let's go. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. In this moment, I wanna to suggest to you that this is kind of one of those times when God clears his throat. <clears throat> now then, we've all been in one of these moments, maybe a, maybe a high school coach or a college coach in the pregame speech before the championship game, you heard him say, all right, here's what the season has been like to this point. Now then, maybe the matriarch of the family on her deathbed getting ready to, to say her last words and she recounts all the faithfulness of God and then says, now then, you all are going to be fine going forward. I love you. Maybe it's a war general getting his army ready before the battle the next morning. And on the night before, he stands up to make that great speech and he clears his throat and he says, now then it's time to rise up. This is what God says to Joshua and to the people of Israel in this moment. Now then rise up. God knows what had happened up to this point and he gave them time to grieve the loss of their leader. But at some point, God is going to ask them to rise up and to walk forward into the promised land. And all of us know what grief is like. And all of us know those seasons where we need to settle down and stop just a little bit and be patched up in our souls. But there will be a moment where God calls us to rise up. He will say to us, now then it's time to go into the promised land. You see, with the God of life, life always charges on. Now then, brothers and sisters, and I know many of us feel like this is a season where we don't know what to do. You know, that's what Joshua felt like. God, I'm unsure. God, I'm uncertain. God, I don't know if these people will follow me. They, they were used to Moses. I don't know if I have the chops. I don't know if I'm cut out for this task. We all have those, those moments where we feel unprepared and unqualified, but God will speak to us and say, rise up. He said to Joshua, you are ready for this moment. You are ready for this moment. You are ready for this moment. Now get over to the Jordan River and cross over. And God says that to us today. You may never have been in this specific situation. None of us have. 
Joshua had never been in that specific situation with Moses gone. But God says to him, it's time to cross over. You're ready. You see, Joshua could be prepared for this moment because this wasn't going to be the first battle he had fought. This wasn't going to be his first moment engaging with the Lord face to face. This wasn't his first crisis. This wasn't his first rodeo, if you will. Exodus chapter 24 tells us, says the Lord said to Moses, come up to me. They're out in the middle of the desert. They had just left Egypt. They're at the base of Mount Sinai. And the Lord says to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments that I've written for their instruction. God calls Moses. And then it says in verse 13, Moses set out with Joshua, his aid. <laughs> Moses set out with Joshua, his aide. Well, God didn't tell Moses to take Joshua. He said, Moses, you come up here. But Moses said, I'm taking Joshua. And Joshua climbs the mountain. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud of God's presence covered it. It goes on to say in the next verse, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai for six days. The cloud covered the mountain and Joshua was there with Moses in the clash of the council of heaven. God giving his word and there Joshua is watching the battle it waged in the spirit realm. This was not Joshua's first mountain to climb. This was not Joshua's first fight. Joshua had been forged in the fire of God's presence, which prepared him for the fight ahead. And God knew that Joshua was ready for this moment. Now then, Joshua, you and the people go get ready, cross the Jordan, go into the promised land. We rarely think we're ready for the big moment. We rarely think that we have what it takes when the moment arises. And I say to all of you today, you are ready for this moment. You are ready for this moment. You may not know it. You may not feel it. You may not believe it, but God has tested you. He's forged you in the fire of his presence through the years. You've fought other battles. You've been through other crises and you are ready for this moment. You have the strength to fight this battle. You have the creativity to lead through the chaos of this COVID pandemic. You have the grit to persevere. You will not crumble because you know God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. So brothers and sisters, whether you believe it or not, I say to you today with the authority of scripture and with the spirit of God, you are ready for this moment. What I love about this is that God needed Joshua in this moment. Moses was a great shepherd of God's people. Moses, when God called him at the burning bush, he was on the backside of the desert in Midian and he was tending his flocks and herds and he was doing the right thing. He was minding his own business and he'd been out there for 40 years, but then God calls Moses and he says, go into Egypt. Moses was a great shepherd and he shepherded God's people through the wilderness. He knew how to get his flocks to green pastures and in beside quiet waters. He knew how to take people into a situation where their soul could be restored because he'd spent years doing it. But Joshua, Joshua was different. Joshua was a, was a man of military strategy. He was a man of military prowess. He had fought battles. He knew how to draw up battle lines. He knew how to make plans. Joshua was a completely different kind of leader and God needed Joshua in this moment. He didn't need Moses. And what I love about God is that he doesn't call us and then ask us to fake it and to become somebody else. God calls us and equips us and has given us the talents that we have up to this moment so that in this moment we can leverage those skills and leverage those, those, those moments of history with God into leading into a new season. Brothers and sisters, God has not called you to be something else in this season. He's called you to stand up and faithfully be yourself. Take heart, God set you up for this season just so you are ready for this moment. 
There's a really important detail in Joshua's story that if we're not careful, we'll miss. I want to tease this out for you today because Joshua wasn't born Joshua. Do you know that that wasn't his name? When he was born, he was Hosea, son of Nun. But Moses calls him right before they're going in to scout. And there's this beautiful story in Numbers 13. Moses calls Joshua over. And this is the moment where he sends in the 12 spies, one from each tribe, to go look at the land that's promised. The land flowing with milk and honey. But there's the seven nations in there and the enemies of God. And they're occupying the territory. And so Moses sends his people on a clandestine mission. And he calls Hosea. Shea, son of Nun, over it says in Numbers 13, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. And from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And in verse eight, it says from the tribe of Ephraim, he sent Hosea, son of of none. And then skip down to the end of the chapter. It says, these are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. And Moses gave Hosea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. It's kind of a funny detail. It's a bit presumptuous. Moses renaming Hosea, son of Nun. I mean, I kind of like the name my mom gave me. And here you are changing my name. I didn't ask for this. I didn't have an identity crisis and go to the courts myself. You're renaming me? Like, okay, interesting. So Moses calls Hosea, son of Nun, and says, your new name is Joshua. But Joshua comes from the Hebrew, Yeshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. And I think Moses did this on purpose because he knew what Joshua was going to need before he goes into this crisis, before he leads God's people. Moses knew that Joshua would have to carry this story with him. And he gives him a name that will be a provocation to him and will be a story to him the rest of his life. He says to him, look, I know you're going to come to these moments where you feel like you're unprepared. I know you're going to step up to the edge of the Jordan River and you're going to wonder how it's going to part for you. But when you step up to that moment, remember that Yahweh is salvation. Every time someone calls your name and you need wisdom and the the tribes are coming to you for direction, every time they call your name, they're going to be making a prophetic declaration, sort of a statement of faith that every time they call you, they're saying, hey, guess what? Yahweh is salvation. Hey, Joshua, Yahweh is salvation. Don't you ever forget Yahweh is salvation. When you go and you're surrounded by enemies on every side in the promised land and you have to drive those seven nations out and you're ready to quit and you're scared and you're on the brink, someone's going to call your name and you're going to remember Joshua. Yahweh is salvation. Built into his new name is a proclamation that Yahweh will save you because Yahweh is salvation. Many of us think that God does salvation, that this, oh, you know, every once in a while you sort of put in enough good works and out of God will come a little salvation gift. No, God doesn't do salvation. God is salvation. God is the savior. God is the one who changes the story because this is his very essence and nature. Uh, salvation flows from his being because Yahweh is salvation. Joshua, he says to him, Don't you ever forget the truest story. Yahweh is salvation. And every time you say your name, every time you hear your name, it will be a proclamation to you of the truth that will carry you forward. Joshua rose up in this moment. He became strong. 
He led, he led God's people through the Jordan River. He led God's people into the land flowing with milk and honey. And sure enough, they drove out those seven opposing nations and they settled and they built houses and they planted crops and their herds thrived in the promised land. Joshua had a great moment of leadership, but Joshua, like all of us, had his flaws. Joshua broke down a little bit later in the story. Joshua cracked. Joshua showed his humanity. Joshua is a man like us. But this story was never supposed to be about Joshua. This story was always to get us ready for the greater Joshua. You see, Jesus came along in the New Testament. We read the stories. He'd walk the streets of Palestine and says the blind see and the lame would walk and the deaf would hear and the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And it's interesting to, to know that Jesus carried the same name as Joshua. Jesus' name was Yeshua. <laughs> Yahweh is salvation. And think about Jesus walking through those streets and think about the leper on the side of the road who had been the outcast of the society on the side of the road begging for daily bread. And every time Jesus would walk through town, someone would shout his name. And what they were shouting was, Yahweh is salvation. Would you please save me? Would you please heal me? Would you please help me? Would you please pay attention to my life? Would you give me this day my daily bread? And every time the name of Jesus was proclaimed then, it was a prayer prophetic declaration of who he is, Yahweh, in this very person is salvation. And every time we call on the name of the Lord, scripture says those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved because in calling on the name of the Lord, you are saying that this is the one in whom salvation is located because before all time began, he was and he is and he is to come salvation. Brothers and sisters, this story about Joshua is a beautiful story, but it's always supposed to get us ready for Jesus. Yahweh is salvation. And because he's with you, I want you to know today that you're going to make it. You're going to make it because salvation is not just what he does. It's who he is. Brothers and sisters, if you're close to Jesus, you are with the promised land. Brothers and sisters, if you stay with Jesus, you'll stay with salvation. Brothers and sisters, if you will, if you will cozy up next to the one who has always been salvation, you will find yourself walking through pandemics. You'll find yourself walking through crisis. You'll find yourself walking through uncertain days. Absolutely welcome to life. But if you stay with Jesus, you'll find yourself carried through the Red Sea and carried through the Jordan River. And you will find yourself settled in the promised land some day because Jesus is Salvation, brothers and sisters, today is the day to return to Jesus with all our hearts. Today is the day to call on the name of the Lord. Today is the day to say, Yeshua, Jesus, we need you. Why? Because you are the only way we will find ourselves through. Look at the promise that God gave Joshua in verse five. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Brothers and sisters, this is a promise for us today. Jesus himself came to dwell among us as a fulfillment of that promise. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Can we draw our hearts close to Jesus at this moment in time? Can we call on his name afresh? Can we return to the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength in these moments? It's a great moment to confess. Every time we gather and worship, what we're doing is we're saying we need your mercy. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your deliverance. Jesus, you are salvation. So I wonder if you would join me today.
in praying this prayer of confession. The God who has come close to us in Jesus is now the God that we rush to in confession and asking for mercy. And so join me, church, as we pray this prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. And all God's people said, amen. Brothers and sisters, the gospel proclamation is if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are ready for this moment and you're ready for this moment because Jesus has made you ready. He's washed you. He's cleansed you. He is for us the salvation we need. Brothers and sisters, all of your story has been made new in Jesus Christ. Can we celebrate that today? As we come to this moment at the end of our service, we're going to worship We're going to sing this song, calling on the name of the Lord. Do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains and I believe that you'll do it again. We're going to sing that song. So would you stand with us? Would you rise with us? And by faith, let's sing and trust God. And here in just a minute, Pastor Glenn is going to come and we'll receive communion together. Let's worship.
table and the Lord's table is the ultimate do it again kind of moment because for all of us at New Life Church receiving communion is not only about remembering a past event the event that we marked last weekend with Good Friday and Easter it is about remembering in that sense but it is also a place of encounter the table is a place where by the Holy Spirit we encounter the risen Christ we believe that it is not only a place of encounter, but also a place of hope, where we look forward to the great feast. So friend, wherever you are, maybe you've got some elements with you, maybe some bread, maybe some juice, crackers, whatever it may be. Let's hold them up before the Lord. This is the moment where we watch the Holy Spirit take the ordinary thing and make it a place of an extraordinary encounter.
extraordinary hope. On the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks to the Father, he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he'd given thanks to the Father, he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Friends, these are the gifts of God given for us, the people of God. Let's receive the bread together. Now let's receive the cup. Wherever you are, would you just take a few moments and begin to lift up thanksgiving to the Lord. Just begin to thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for His presence with us. Thank Him for the good news that Pastor Daniel shared with us. God is with us. God is our salvation. We're going to make it because He is with us and for us. Our very present help. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Friends, I want to share with you something very exciting. Pastor Daniel Grothy is releasing his very first book. It's called Chasing Wisdom. This is a momentous occasion. Listen, I've known Daniel for the better part of 20 years, and we all know he's an amazing preacher. We all know he's a wonderful pastor. But many of you also know that he is a treasure of a human being. This book is called Chasing Wisdom, and Daniel has wisdom beyond his years because he spent his life pursuing it. Wisdom is not a formula or a template. Wisdom is knowing how to flourish even when the world around you is shifting sand. You heard some of those ideas come out in the sermon today, but there's so much more in this book about the wisdom of the scriptures, the wisdom of an old library, the wisdom of holy lament. So I want to encourage you, maybe you've got a bit more time on your hands these days, but order This book, Chasing Wisdom, pick it up. It will help you in this season. Friends, let me send you out today with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn towards you, be gracious to you, and grant you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us this weekend for our online service. Make sure to tune in this Wednesday for Wednesday worship at 6.30 p.m.